One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. After the Apocalypse, a pandemic survival story. Season 3, Episode 3 Rabbit. Bill stood guard over a cowering bundle of misery. The man had greasy, shoulder-length hair that hid his face in dangling mats like a dinghy washed up on the shore by storms, buried in seaweed, forlorn and abandoned. He wore dirty and frayed work pants that looked like they had not been changed since the apocalypse began. Out of these pants jutted scuffed boots with worn heels. A loose, tattered winter jacket capped off his sartorial splendor. It fit like a trash bag and hung open to reveal a stained black sweatshirt with a picture of a cartoon rabbit that might have been the March Hare from Alice in Wonderland. In the dim hallway, it seemed to the old man like they were playing out Act Two, Scene One of an old detective show. He and Janet were the jaded vice cops who cornered a drug addict in an abandoned house and were going to shake him down for information that might lead to the bigger fish. Bill! The old man got the dog's attention. Here! The dog trotted to the old man's side and sat. Bill seemed proud of himself for chasing down and apprehending the target. Good boy! The old man praised. What do you think? Janet asked, lowering her rifle and leaning against the door frame. I don't know, the old man replied. Let's find out. He stepped towards the man on the floor and leveled his crossbow. Hey, he said sharply, trying to get the man's attention. Show me your hands and don't do anything stupid. Rabbit, the man whimpered raising his hands a couple inches, but at the same time keeping his head down and cowering defensively. He had a scraggly beard, long and matted with flecks of red and gray. His bloodshot eyes pinballed around like frantic flies caught in a glass jar. Do you have a weapon? the old man asked. The eyes of the man on the floor focused momentarily on the old man, before drifting off again like lost kites in a storm. The old man looked at Janet with a question in his expression. What's your name? Janet tried. Rabbit! The man drew it out slowly. The old man raised an eyebrow. You mean your name is Rabbit? Janet asked. Rabbit! The man said enthusiastically and made a jerky movement as if to stand. Bill growled. The old man aimed his weapon. Take it easy, rabbit. Stay put, the old man said, holding up a hand. The ragged man fell back against the door. The old man turned to Janet. I think this one is a few cards short of a full deck, if you know what I mean. We can keep asking questions, but I'm pretty sure the answer is rabbit. 
Janet shrugged. What should we do with him? Bill can keep him here while we check out the apartment, he offered. She nodded in agreement, glancing at the figure on the floor. Bill, watch, the old man commanded. Bill trotted over to the man on the floor and stood watching intently. The man had curled up, covering his head with his arms and muttering to himself. The old man and Janet proceeded to inspect Rabbit's room. It was a disgusting hovel. It looked like he had been holed up here for quite a while. Empty cans and bottles covered the floor and every surface. It was a jumbled rat's nest of bedding, food containers, and trash. This is like a squatter's house, Janet said. You know, when vagrants and drug addicts move into an abandoned property, like from one of those house-flipping shows. I haven't watched TV in a few years, but I'll take your word for it, the old man replied. He wondered if there were any drug addicts left in this new world. Certainly not like the old days, when humans were so bored and jaded that the gauzy short-term pleasure of drugs seemed like a better option than the uncompromising reality of modern life. He guessed most of the drug addicts probably died or got detoxed when the de facto world had ended, whether they wanted to or not. Janet looked out a dirty window towards the town square where the eerie enigma of the bone monument rose from the plaza. The old man could see a dark shadow of uncertainty pass across her face as she turned to address him. Well, we found a survivor, she said. Yeah, one crazy hermit survivor hiding in an apartment, the old man concurred. Do you think he has something to do with the bones? I don't think so. There's no way he could have done all the cleaning out and piling up himself. Just one person, she said. Agreed. The old man replied, he probably came in after. Is he hiding from something, or is he just some crazy loner? Maybe he was hiding from the bone people, Janet offered. Maybe? Jeez, smells like a hamster cage in here, the old man replied, wrinkling his nose. Look who's talking, she smiled. Well, what should we do with him? How about nothing? The old man asked. If he's just a random survivor, he's not worth wasting energy over. Yeah, but what should we do with him tonight? She hooked her thumb towards the open door in the hall. Take him with us, I guess, for now. We'll restrain him, he shrugged. Just to keep him out of trouble until we move on. But we really should be getting up to the roof. Get some food and some sleep. The old man sighed. It's been a long day, and it's getting dark. What have you whipped up for dinner? Janet asked, wiping roof gravel from the knees of her pants after securing the heavy door that accessed the roof. She made sure no one was going to get through that door without a struggle and not without alerting the roof party in the process. Meanwhile, the old man had set up the small jet-boiled cooking stove and was stirring a pot over it. They were becoming, strangely, like an old married couple, seamlessly taking care of the checklist of tasks that needed to be done to stay safe and get fed as they moved through the day. The old man ceremoniously cleared his throat and began, 
We have a real cornucopia of nutrition on the menu tonight, he announced. A unique selection of wild-caught sardines simmered in a Frank's red-hot sauce reduction paired with some wild Jerusalem artichoke tubers and artistically arrayed on a bed of the finest box pasta available. Mmm, Janet responded. Sounds wonderful. Unfortunately, the old man continued, miming a forlorn countenance. Madame, the wine cellar has been impacted by ongoing supply chain challenges, and we'll have to settle for a weak tea as an accompaniment. Ah, shame. Janet play-acted the hurt socialite. I had my heart set on the 2005 Cote de Boon of Burgundy. The two of them shared a smile and were surprised by the sound of their guest. Yum, yum, Rabbit said. It speaks, the old man said. You hungry, Rabbit? The shabby wraith nodded in the affirmative. The old man and Janet looked at each other with a touch of surprise. Maybe there was more left of this man's mind than they had originally assumed. They had zip-tied Rabbit by his ankle to the steel bracket supporting the HVAC unit. He didn't fight them. After his initial dash for freedom, he had acted subdued and docile, as if resigned to whatever fate they had in store for him. Hungry! Rabbit! The fugitive responded, sniffing at the air. Okay, then, the old man said. It's a universal truth. The way to every man's heart, even a crazy man, is through his stomach. Give us a few more minutes, rabbit, and we'll have a nice evening meal for you. Janet finished setting up her sleeping place and returned a squat by the small cook stove they had shielded so its flame glow couldn't be seen from a distance. She spoke quietly to the old man. You're the doctor. What do you think is wrong with our friend over there? The old man paused before responding. Could be a number of things. Might just be the mental trauma of the apocalypse has pushed him over the edge. Might have been a pre-existing condition. Though, if that's the case, he got lucky to survive this long. But if you held a gun to my head, which, come to think of it, you've already done. The old man paused for a small smile and forced me to make a diagnosis. I'd say it's most probably a result of the virus. What do you mean? Janet asked. How's that work? When I had the virus, it was in my lungs and gut, like a flu on steroids. When a virus gets into a person's body, there's a chance that it will infect the central nervous system, including the brain. It causes inflammation, which can lead to viral encephalitis or meningitis. This may lead to brain damage and impaired cognitive function. He looked at Rabbit and then back to Janet. I'm at a disadvantage because I don't know his pre-exposure state. But he looks like he was an otherwise healthy, self-sufficient adult before the pandemic. So I'm guessing the virus cooked our friend here. Janet considered this and asked, How did he survive with a cooked brain? Is there a chance he'll get better over time? I don't know how he survived. Probably got lucky, but the damage to higher-level brain functions could leave him with enough basic survival skills to get by. He paused to consider this. The degradation will vary by individual and can be very selective. Great, Janet said. Maybe we should co-author a paper for the journal. 
The old man chuckled at this. She continued, Would that explain some of the bloodthirsty, anti-moral behavior that we've seen, like the king's men? We should avoid trying to extrapolate one case to a blanket assumption about the larger population, the old man stated, sounding for a moment like the doctor he used to be. But perhaps some of the behavioral changes might be the result of the virus. Individuals respond to stress and trauma in different ways. Then he looked her in the eye, held her gaze for a second, and said directly, Frankly, Janet, I think that King and his men were mostly just assholes acting badly now that the constraints of law and order are gone. I can wholeheartedly agree with that diagnosis, doctor, Janet responded. Did you have any problems or after effects when you were recovering from the virus? Oh, yeah. I was brain dead for a couple of weeks. Felt like my head was full of mud. But... There was so much going on, and I was operating on adrenaline, and I was probably in shock. I didn't have much time to think about it, but I'd say I was still myself, just a bit muddled. The physical trauma of your body beating that virus is going to take a while to get over. I feel okay now. It took a couple of weeks to feel normal again. Whatever normal is now, but I'd say I'm 100%. Good to hear the old man said. I don't think I felt 100% since the mid-90s. Then added, why don't you take a bowl of food over to our friend Rabbit so he'll stop drooling on himself? Why do I have to be his wet nurse? Hey, we all do what we're good at. I'm the cook, you're the caregiver. Okay, but you get him in the morning. Janet scooped some of the food into a bowl and rose slowly so as not to spill it. She walked over to where Rabbit sat with a hungry look of glad expectation on his face. Rabbit was secured by his one ankle, but he was otherwise free. He didn't seem like much of a threat. They had Bill keeping watch, too, so they hadn't seen the need to hogtie him or something more drastic. Here we go, buddy, Janet said, leaning over to hand him the food. Rabbit looked up from the steaming bowl to the cleavage Janet was exposing as she leaned and said, matter-of-factly, boobies. The old man burst out laughing, spitting, almost choking on his food, and his eyes began to water. Janet stood up and pulled back, dropping the bowl, surprised by Rabbit's outburst. What the hell? she said, annoyed and angry. Sorry, Rabbit said apologetically, somehow realizing his faux pas, and looked into the soup bowl, mumbling, Stupid Rabbit! The old man could not stop laughing. It was like the floodgates of tension had been broken. He gasped between outbursts. I, ah, uh, think he likes you. Janet responded angrily. Shut up, you old fool! It had struck a nerve. The same release of tension that made the old man laugh had made her mad. Rabbit's Tourette's-like commentary had triggered something, rubbed an old mental wound. What's wrong with you? She hissed angrily at the old man. Him? He's damaged by you. You should know better. You act like an adolescent. 
The old man stopped laughing as he sensed the mood unexpectedly changed to dangerous and frosty. He didn't know much about women, but he knew when he was in trouble. He was startled in a drift in the moment, realizing he had crossed some sort of line, had triggered something, but not sure what it was. It was an awkward moment. Neither spoke. After a few minutes, the old man tested whether it was safe to talk. I'm sorry, Janet, but it just struck me as absurd and funny, like something from a Fairly Brothers movie. It's not okay, Janet responded. I've spent my whole life having to endure the wandering eyes of men. It's not funny to me. The old man thought about this and said, He may be crazy, but he's still a man. He's got a couple million years of evolutionary programming, and you just can't switch that off. That's bullshit. She cut him off. That's typical male apologia. I can understand him. He's broken. But for you, it's a choice. Hey, he may be crazy, but he's still a guy. The old man tried to counterpoint, but she froze him with a deadly look. You've been warned. Janet said with a dead seriousness, I'm not putting up with that shit anymore, especially now, understand? She demanded. The old man was about to answer, but was saved when their attention was abruptly drawn to a light that suddenly appeared on the crest of the hill in the darkened sky. What the hell? He muttered as they both turned to look. Elevated over the city, the now familiar circle and starburst symbol blinked on in the darkness. It was hard to tell how far away it was, at least a mile, maybe more. It had the appearance of Christmas decorations that had just now been switched on, but this was no display of candy canes and reindeer. It's the same symbol, Janet said. It looks like it's strung up on something, maybe on a building or tower. The old man replied, How far away? Janet asked. Hard to tell without a reference, the old man said while digging out his pocket binoculars from one of the joggers that they had carried up on their roof with them. Skinnies, Rabbit said out of the blue. Skinnies, Janet repeated and looked at the old man. What's a skinny? Maybe Rabbit has seen them, those bone people. Maybe he knows who they are. He focused through the binoculars on the source of the lights. It's on the water tower, the one we saw when we came into town. Do you see anyone? Someone turned on the lights, right? She asked. No, I don't see anyone, just the lights, he thought. They could be on a timer. We haven't seen a soul except Trash Can Man anywhere near this town. If there is anyone else here, they're good at hiding. What if they know we're here? Do you think we're safe here? She asked. Look, I don't know what's going on, the old man started. But we're probably safe enough for tonight. We've got the two of us and the dog. We got high ground, and besides... This half-baked fella has been living here for weeks by the looks of it, hasn't he? And no one has bothered him. Janet countered. But he did try to run when we found him, like maybe he was afraid of something. That could be those skinnies or whoever the bone collectors are. Do you think we should go out in the dark and investigate? The old man asked doubtfully. 
That's probably not the smart move, she agreed. Let's set a watch for tonight and keep an eye out. I'll take the first shift. Good enough, the old man said, making himself comfortable. Wake me if you need anything. It should have surprised her that he could just roll over and go to sleep when they had this unsolved, potentially dangerous situation. But it really didn't. Wasn't every day in the apocalypse like that now? One constant dangerous situation after another. Maybe he had just become hardened to it. Maybe he was the smart one and had learned to compartmentalize the constant stress of it. And that's what it took to survive. Maybe the apocalypse was changing the way they thought, the way they reacted, the way they felt. Maybe after a few million years of evolution, humanity had begun a different path, a slow spiral of devolving, turning back into animals. She knew she wouldn't be able to sleep with that creepy symbol glowing on their immediate horizon. Below in the city trees, frogs and crickets search for mates with their croaks and chirps. Life, at least in the amphibian and insect world, went on. Nature shrugged its shoulders in contempt at the follies of humanity, constant and uncaring. The earth went on like the steady ticking of an organic metronome. The old man snored in his sleeping bag, rabbit mumbled under a blanket by the silent HVAC. Janet looked out at the glowing mystery symbol for a few moments, then leaned her head back to gaze up at the star-filled night sky. It was a beautiful night, not a cloud in the whole wide panorama. In the old days in the city, there was so much light pollution, she could barely make out the Big Dipper. But here, without the works of man to get in the way, the Milky Way spread like a brilliant tiara of clouds of stars, like a fabulous fresco across the arch of the grandest mosque. She could picture the ancients plotting out their constellations in this brilliant tableau and understood the wonder and awe and smallness they must have felt. She felt small, so small, but she wasn't afraid. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, my survivor friends. I'm going to keep it short today because I got a bit carried away with the giant ant story last episode. And I'm going to dedicate today's show to a simple ask, the ask of survival. Because, my friends, these are dark, dark times. Our enemies are at the gates. Zombies are pounding on the outer door. The sickly thump, thump, thump of undead fists covered in rotting flesh. The moans and cries of tortured souls. We need your help to stave off the ravenous hordes. Help the the after-the-apocalypse bunker stay at least fiscally inviolate by taking advantage of one of the subscription options on ACAST, and that would be plus.acast.com forward slash the letter S forward slash after hyphen the hyphen apocalypse. Not only will you help to shore up the walls that keep the moldering undead from breaching our bunker, but you can get the shows a week early and ad-free. And we count on you for our survival. With the end of the world at hand, with ghouls crowding around our cowering defenders, we need to stick together to survive. And you can also use our Patreon page to become a supporter of the show. Patreon.com forward slash after the apocalypse. And since all good warlords use both the carrot and the stick, here's what we're going to do. Anyone who subscribes to ACAST or makes a Patreon commitment will receive an After the Apocalypse Old Man logo patch. That's right. Fellow survivor Walter, in a fit of misplaced altruism, sent me a box full of patches. And there's four different versions of the Old Man logo. They're really cool. So sign up and I'll figure out how to send you one. Join our Facebook group and you'll see a picture of them. And that, by the way, is at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash old man apocalypse, all one word. The patches are super cool. Perfect for your next dragon con or the wedding of that nephew you never really liked. So that's my ask. What else is going on? Well, I'm beavering away at Season 3, the writing and producing. I had a great session this week uh, with my volunteer editors, and I am extremely grateful for them, whether they know it or not. Honestly, one of the things I've never been really good at is asking for help, and these guys help me more than they know. Not just when I'm trying to construct specific episodes, but they also come up with some really awesome plot points when we have our storyboarding calls to talk through the whole arc of the story. And I'm blessed to have friends like this, and I'm blessed to have friends like you. This season is going to be awesome. It's going to be a great story, and I know you'll enjoy it. So please help me with a subscription or on Patreon, and I'll send you a patch. And in the future... When you're watching the Emmy Award-winning version of After the Apocalypse on your Hollow TV, 
you'll be able to turn to your clone and say, you see that? I helped make that a reality. Thank you for your support. And seriously, keep surviving. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.